back to We Bought a Night, a pop culture greencast. I wish that like the <laughs> pod studio could tremble the way the theater trembles mm -hmm. when that man oh, yeah. walks or speaks. Yeah, when that thing fucking moves, oof, it, the it, bass it, in that theater. Yeah. Man. yeah. It, let me tell you, my prostate felt it. It sounds like, <laughs> and that wasn't just because I was looking on screen at Dev Patel. It was, it was. Okay. We've got some um, Xclawlibers here, courtesy of we our guests. Okay. <laughs> no, that guys. one's better than anything so far. Um, Not we bought a night. I'm earnest. I am God. I'm just thrown through a fucking loop right now by this whole introduction. I'm I'm just Hunter today. I'm Happy Hunt. I'm Drew, and we have a guest. I thought you were That's Sir me. Hunt. I actually fuck. I miss my. I actually am a knighted. I'm a knighted man. I am a knight I'm of a the neckerchief. It's called a knight. Aren't, aren't you also a knight, David? No, I didn't get knighted. Oh, okay. No, he didn't actually get well, his Eagle I, Scout. Hunter so. can knight you. Dude, can you knight me? I am, Legally, I can have my knightship taken away from me if I try to knight a non-eligible a non man of the handkerchief. What is the... What is, so eligibility is like, is like an Eagle Scout thing? Yeah, it's like an Eagle Scout thing. I don't know. It's something that happened not with the Boy Scouts of America, but with the Boy Scouts of England. This is all just so embarrassing. <laughs> nah, it looked really cool, guys. Trust me. I, I, did, I, I was there. I, I, I'm going to, you, you know, there? we can have a quick we fought a mic about that. This, this, is, this is unrelated <laughs> to Dane? the Boy Scouts, but if listeners search hard enough on the internet, there are LARPing pictures of Hunter out there. <laughs> or is that related to the Boy Scouts? I assumed it wasn't. Um, No, those are unrelated things. That was uh, me... Um, at some kind of a uh, a larping thing, event. it wasn't a larping thing. No, because I was doing a Jon Snow thing. Is what I was doing. I had very long hair at the time. And oh, it was like a Renaissance right. fair. Yeah, it was thing? some kind of a rena it was something like that. It wasn't quite a Renaissance fair, but yeah. Welcome back, David. <laughs> yeah, thanks. We just had <laughs> you on. Unhinged episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We just had you on for Kickass. Yeah, and I we had, had to have you back. Oh, thank you, guys. I'm glad to be back. And. um you know, we were in our Nicolas Cage bullshit back then. Mm -hmm. It sounds like we're kind of still on some bullshit right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like we didn't give you the best first time experience on the pod. Mm. And I, I take full responsibility David, for that. I'm so sorry. We were we were oh. going off. We were losing our minds over the cage. We were like 16 movies deep at that point. <laughs> and I don't so think I'd I don't think. I gave you enough space to talk about kick ass. Nah, nah, you, you guys, you guys were fine. I said what I had to say. You guys basically covered it too. I don't know. Well, yeah. we'll try to do better on this episode because <laughs> this is a fucking awesome movie that we're talking about today. There's so much to talk about with this movie. Um, mm -hmm. But before then, we do have some catch up that we want to do because next week the plan is to do a big boy ketchup episode. And so to alleviate the volume of ketchup in the bottle, it's overflowing. Mm -hmm. We got we to gotta scrape some off the top mm -hmm. as it pours over. It's not pouring out of the little hole through the cap. It's pouring out of the sides 
the bottom oh of the God. top down you the guys, side. You guys you know when you go out to a restaurant, they overfill. It just be shooting out from the seams of the bottle. You can't even touch it because it's just leaking ketchup. <laughs> we, we, yeah. You leave, you go home, you never go back to the restaurant because your hands are covered in ketchup. You get ketchup all over your steering wheel as you're driving home. We want to we wanna prevent that because we've been building it up for months without doing any ketchup mm-hmm. all throughout Cage. So... We want to ease into ketchup with a little segment before we talk Green Knight. So we're each going to bring one thing that we've been watching to the table. Because I feel like our our ketchup gears are a little rusty. You know, we haven't quite... And we've been hearing from all the fans like, oh, I miss when every episode you talked about like 20 different uh, things in like four different (laughs) forms of media. It was so easy to keep up with. Um, I definitely like watched and listened to each of the things you discussed. So we're we're here for you. Um, we'll just do one each, though. I think that's a good idea. We'll um, start with you, David. You're the guest. Start with me. Uh-huh. What is one thing that either you have personally really enjoyed this year or you think people should check out? Something you want to recommend? Uh, Well, I guess I'll bring up anime. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely recommend Food Wars to people. Not as like a first kind of anime, but like maybe like you've like seen an anime or two and you're like, all right, I want to try something a little different. Time to, yeah, time to get a little freaky with it. It's time to get a little, uh, a <laughs> little horny. <laughs> it, it is. I've heard that this is an extremely horny anime. It's, <laughs> but it's like, it's not horny to people. It's horny about food. I, I'm sorry. The full title though <laughs> is Food Wars exclamation point colon. Cool. Shokugekai. No Soma. Hmm. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, uh, for the most part, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let me try that again. Feud Wars. Oh, there you go. That was oh, better. Oh, All right, yeah. you fixed that part. Yeah. That's the part that we're qualified to tell you if you pronounce correctly. <laughs> so what? What? what is this? Why should we watch it? Um. Oh, man, I don't know. The food in it looks so good. Like, <laughs> like I know you guys like looking at pictures of food. All right. Who doesn't? I do. Mm-hmm. And like, dude, the way that they animate the cooking and the food as it's like presented, like you're just like, dude, this looks like this looks like fucking perfect, man. I've um I've stepped out into the living room a few times while roommate of the pot Nate is watching <laughs> Food Wars. It's a weird show. It's definitely like funny, right? No, no, yeah. On purpose. It, it, it's 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 supposed to be very funny. Like you don't take it like serious at all. Yeah. It's just a bunch of uh, a bunch of kids like cooking. Yeah. Like, they they go to like an academy and they like hone their skills and they have to like do like challenges and stuff. And they are like like legitimately they're like nutting over the food. No, yeah, legitimately. <laughs> yeah, like it's like every time I come out there's someone uh either like recollecting about a meal they had or like talking about food. And it just like it has the arc of an orgasm like it, they climax over it. No, no. Yeah. The animation, they literally take a bite and like their face turns all red and like their clothes <laughs> will just like explode off their bodies. And they'll just be like, oh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Dude, I it, love it, it's it's so funny. It's so worth it. man. Uh, yeah. So find it on Pornhub.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can find it on, on Hulu. Crunchyroll, you know, it, it's it's available. I really want to see that because I uh so you and uh previously mentioned roommate of the podcast, Nathan, got me back into anime, helped me rediscover my love of anime uh with Attack on Titan, which I think I mentioned on the pod months and months ago. But since then I've been kind of going back to some like 
starting to look at some classic animes and oh, stuff like okay, that. But okay. I, I want to at? check out. Um, I have Fooly Cooly and Cowboy Bebop that are just sitting on a shelf in my Blu-ray collection I, that I need to bust out. Definitely watch Cowboy Bebop first. Okay. I watched the first episode of that. Loved it. Haven't watched anymore. It's, it's known on my as list. Being like the best dub ever oh, for dude, like the an anime. Great. Yeah. Like, the animation, like, it's just crazy looking. Good, dude. It's just like it's crisp. I think I'm gonna give Food Wars a chance before I get into JoJo. I'm sorry, friend of the pod, Dane. Dane has been dude, wanting me to watch JoJo. JoJo for so I'm long. There's so much hard. of it, and David also. <laughs> no. Um. All right. So that's Food Wars. That's what David's been watching. What about you, Hunter? Um, well, you gave a good recommendation. And you know what? Just to keep it, to keep things late, I'm going to go ahead and talk about, we're going to talk later on about, spoiler alert, the best movie that I've seen this year. So I want to talk quickly about the worst movie that I've seen this year. <laughs> and not just the worst movie I've seen this year, one of the worst movies I've seen in many, many years. And that is, of course, Space Jam, A New Legacy. <laughs> Okay, so um, why why did you watch it? Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna watch. So here's this. the thing mm-hmm. i I don't know if I've told this story on the pod, so I apologize if I repeat myself. But Space Jam, the original Space Jam, was a very, very, very important movie to me as a child. I literally broke my collarbone to Space Jam because of Space Jam. Um, as a little kid, I was dressed up. I was three or four years old and my two most favorite uh movies were toy story and space jam and i broke my collarbone by jumping off of the couch in a buzz lightyear costume singing i believe i can fly by r kelly um i was another victim of r kelly's in some ways (laughs) 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 but so space jam meant a lot to me i fucking love that movie i think that movie really holds up um in a way, because it's about nothing, it's just kind of a fun time. And Michael Jordan and the whole team behind it, Ivan Reitman, know exactly what kind of a movie they're making. Uh, a New Legacy is trying to... I'm trying to think of how I can say this in like as nice of a way possible. Well, but this movie don't, is, don't worry about that. This movie is absolute dog shit. Like this movie is... It has literally no artistic merits to it whatsoever it's is i think friend of the pod colin uh called this the first ever uh streaming movie streaming platform movie where it's just an ad for a streaming service and that's exactly what this is because every time you look around it's like whoa look it's the matrix whoa look it's all dc characters oh my goodness who's that in the crowd is that the nun from the conjuring universe it's just that over and over again. It's beating the shit out of you out of you with its various IPs. And even if you take that aside, take away all the IP core everything, because longtime listeners of the pod will know I was the highest out of the three of us on Ready Player One, which does a similar thing. Um, the story is just one of the worst scripts that like I've ever scene like it's so fucking bad don Cheadle. um the basic premise of the movie is that yes don Cheadle plays Thank you an for al- participating don <laughs> Cheadle plays an algorithm uh and the algorithm he which he he goes by his name is algae rhythm yeah pain um, yeah people uh Agony. throughout the movie call him algae 
which is bad. Like later on the movie, he's just like, call me Mr. Rhythm. It's like, we should have done that earlier. Algae, like what fucking moss? Like, what are you? Um, He comes up with this idea that uh, we are going to take all of these classic movies. We're going to take Casablanca and you know how we can prove it. We can put LeBron James in it. That's the premise for how this movie sets up is that we're going to reinvent classics and put LeBron James in. I can't, I can't LeBron James says, hey, that's a bad idea. We shouldn't do that. Uh, he also has a son, though, who he really wants to play basketball. But his son instead is uh, the greatest video game designer of all time. But, you know, that's not a real profession to LeBron James. So LeBron, uh, mm-hmm. it's <laughs> meanwhile, his son in real life. Uh, is a basketball player yeah so there's a bunch of problems with this movie i really like i could go on i could do an hour-long rant about this movie i don't want to go on for too too long about this (laughs) because the thing is that lebron james he is the architect of this entire movie and uh i don't want to talk about another podcast on this podcast but uh a podcast called the blank check um, did a three hour discussion about space jam and new legacy where they break down one of the like quintessential things about this movie that gets wrong is that LeBron James, despite being the misunderstanding parent and all of this other nonsense, they still try and make him look like he's this like saint. He's this great guy. Everybody refers to him as King James, King James. One of the things that the original Space Jam gets so right is that they make fun of Michael Jordan. Like they make Michael Jordan look like he was like literally the worst thing to ever happen to baseball. And he spends <laughs> the first half of the movie saying, I don't play basketball anymore. I'm playing baseball. And they're like, oh, yeah, the sport that you're really fucking bad at, Mike. In this movie, LeBron James is terrified to have to say anything negative about himself, despite there being a lot that you could say about him to make for a more interesting story, because LeBron cares too much about what people think about him. Mm -hmm. And he wants to be loved so bad, where Michael Jordan just wants to be admired more than loved. Mm -hmm. Seems like a train wreck. It's a... Big chungus. I, 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 train wreck pun. <laughs> he's great I, in train wreck. He's really good in he's train awesome wreck. He's awesome in train wreck. I just, this, I think that the script, even beyond all the IP core shit that people have complained the most about, the script could not save anything. Um, it's a movie that was destined for failure. Like, it's a movie that has no audience. The script is written for babies, but you have to understand all the references to get anything. So it's, it's a movie for fucking nobody. Didn't Griffin Newman say that it should have been called cyberspace jam? Yes. Which is a much better name mm. because they don't go to space. I don't think they go to space. They fight against aliens. Can we, one. can we have a segment on the pod where we just come up with alternate titles for every movie we talk about? Yeah. The green, I think I have a couple the, for green Knight. The best, uh, okay. the best, uh, Space Jam sequel that never got made as far as title goes is Skate Jam. Yes. Oh, Tony Hawk. There was going to be a Tony fucking Hawk. A Tony Hawk one. Whoa. There was going to be Race Jam Bro. with Jeff Gordon. 
Is it no. another unreleased one? Great, great title. Nothing perceivably wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, it's like Fast and Furious well, Race it's Wars. Also, also, it doesn't make any sense because the whole jam part is basketball, not the space part. That yeah, refers. it would so have to be like race basketball. Race slam your foot on the pedal. <laughs> Come on and race. <laughs> and welcome Dude, to this, the... God, the music is so bad in the new one, too. I'll be honest. I didn't finish it. I didn't finish it. Oh. Okay, well, then what? Maybe, maybe it's the best movie ever. I'm going to finish. <laughs> I will tell you one thing that I know is that... <laughs> Bugs Bunny dies and then is resurrected Jesus Christ style in the real oh, world. Whoa. That's wow. cool. <laughs> yeah, kids love Dude, that. Dude, <laughs> I honestly the Looney Tunes like are fucking nothing, which is such a shame because Looney Tunes are great. Yeah. We love I re I just rewatched uh Back in Action for the first time in forever. Um, which just watch Back in Action instead of watching Space Jam 2. One one question. Are the monsters in this movie? No, have you seen the Goon Squad? No. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> Drew will know uh, the people who are actually in the Goon Squad because they are <laughs> real athletes and everything. There's uh, LeBron James's teammate, Anthony Davis, who plays uh, the Brow. The Goon um, Squad is, like, bad guys? Yeah, the Goon Squad. Well, they are... Are they like are they like hijacked and like they're not themselves or something? Kind of what happens is uh his son LeBron James's son Don James um creates technology where it can take like a picture of somebody and transport them into the video game world. So pretty much this guy is like a multi-billionaire like with this idea. It's the most genius yeah, technology. He's not just made. a video game developer. He's like an inventor. Yes. Yeah. I'm um, an inventor. He's an inventor. <laughs> and he's trying to tell his dad like, uh, daddy, you got to take an interest in science. No, that's that's paramount. We're talking oh, Warner okay. Brothers sorry, here. Sorry, sorry. You can't cross that's the street. Universal. Is it? Oh, yeah, it's shit. universal. You're there's right. A, there's you're right. You're Transformers right. Transformers ride. Hunter, at... you, you have to answer the question. I don't even remember so, what I asked you. No, so Goon Squad. <laughs> so he takes like pictures of, I can't remember. It's um Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson, Yo. Dame Lillard, and uh... Charles Barkley. <laughs> no, it's um I'm trying to remember cool. who was Dennis um, Rodman. Magic Johnson. Uh, oh, Diana Taurasi and uh, Scotty I can't remember. Pippen. I knew Diana Taurasi. I can't remember who the fourth one is. But anyways, okay, it's irrelevant. Uh, they all have this like disgusting, monstrous CGI thing to them. Clay Thompson, his name is Wet Fire. <laughs> yeah, because I heard about that. He's wet, and also he's fire. Yeah, because he's the, uh, in real life. He's you know, part of the duo known as the Splash Brothers on uh, the Warriors. Damian Lillard, who's known as like, he has a thing called Dame Time, wherever it's like fourth quarter because he's very clutch. His character's name is Kronos and he can control time. That's that's very powerful. Uh, Anthony Davis plays the brow with, and he has wings because of his long wingspan. Mm. Uh-huh. We've talked way too long about Space Jam <laughs> 2. Um, See, this is why it deserved its own episode. I told, I, don't, I feel bad putting it before we talk about the Green Knight. I, I don't think it deserved its own episode. <laughs> I want to keep I don't know why you watched it. it to, because, as I said, the original movie means so much to me. I know. This it sounds like a... So... Uh, uh, what's it called? The uh, um, Stockholm Syndrome situation? Yeah. 
That that makes sense. Um, I wanted this movie to be good, guys. I like I'm not somebody who I don't actively want to like watch something and be like, yeah, dude, I can't wait to see how much this sucks. Because like I, I want to be able to have a good time. I know, the thing is, because of that though, you should know when something's gonna suck and just not watch that thing. Mm. I just, but f- I thought like you know maybe there's enough nostalgia there that can at least propel me to be like, you know what, this was a fun time. I'll say I didn't see the first one until I was probably 18, and I was like, oh, this isn't, this is for babies. This is like a little kids. Movie. It was an ad back then too. Yeah, it just was like obviously better than this because it's less like involved and it's more just like allowed to be stupid. Well, and the thing is that the original Space Jam has good people behind it. Like Ivan Reitman is like weirdly really involved with the original one because he knows he tried to strike the right balance between this is Looney Tunes, so it's going to be silly and this is going to have Michael Jordan it. And he knows, he knows how to market the shit out of something. And the original movie did a billion dollars in marketing. In but the original movie didn't have Big Chungus in it. Big mm. Chungus. Big Chungus show up in the new one. That's all Bugs Bunny. That's the only reason I'd watch Chungus. <laughs> Lola right. Bunny, not sexy enough. Not my space. That's jam. that man. That sucks, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Well, dude, Lola on. Bunny gets nothing. Lola Bunny is it's such a nothing character. Fucking Zendaya voices her, and like there's absolutely <laughs> no reason. She has like four lines, and it's like, way to go, King James. Sort of like Beyonce in the line. Well, hold on a second. (laughs) Zendaya is no longer Michi. Zendaya is Lola. But she's no longer Lola. She's no, she's not Lola either. Oh, and also uh, neither is LeBron James Gwangi anymore. Not no longer. Mm -hmm. Correct. (laughs) Zendaya is Chani in Dune. Mm -hmm. And LeBron James is LeBron James. In Space Jam. And LeBron yeah. James is a guy who got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. So what have you been watching? I want to talk about Survivor. Yo. Survivor Survivor? Yes. The, oh, TV, shit. the television show Survivor. Oh, damn. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a reality show that's on is CBS. There a, did they do a COVID season of Survivor? I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, they're... They filmed stuff in the last couple months. I would imagine of all the TV shows, it'd be one of the easier ones to do mm-hmm. <laughs> during COVID. You're right. taking everyone out to the most isolated right. situation if you, possible. If you fuck that up, you're they, well, the <laughs> doing thing, something I wrong. will say, for Survivor, they shoot the seasons back to back. They like they shoot two seasons back to back of each other. Um, and the production got held up for a year, but they resumed and they finished. They wrapped filming a couple months ago on yeah. 41 and 42. So... Survivor is uh, it's a CBS show. It, it began in the year 2000. It's hard to understate the significance culturally of the show in 2000. And in like the few years after that, the the finale of the first season of Survivor and the premiere had like like the type of view count you would see for like the Super Bowl nowadays. Like it was unbelievably important just because it was such a novelty um, and it was, t- you know, it was taken very seriously for what it was. Um, there have been many evolutions of the show I've discovered in my m- many years. And Hunter uh, is somewhat of a historian of, of the show. I had never really watched it until this year. Um, but it is all that I have watched this year. Uh, me and roommate of the pod, Nate, have blasted through probably six seasons of it. Nice. Six or seven of like, we've been cherry picking because you don't have to. There are seasons you want to avoid because they contain contestants from past seasons that would be spoilers. There would be spoilers in that season if you were to, you know what I mean? If you were to watch it, you'd be like, oh, well, that guy said he won the other season. But 
you can for the most part you can just watch you can look up any uh consensus style list and see like what the fan base thinks and watch the better seasons because like a lot of reality shows and i'd say more than your average one survivor depends on the cast uh whether or not the season is like really really good if there is a very like interesting or fun or strategic cast it becomes probably the best reality show that there is like it it's it's like that level of entertainment because the there's especially in the later seasons um there is like a wild amount of like game theory strategy being played because at this point most of the people that go on the show are super fans of the show and therefore understand like the different layers of game that must be played outside of physical game because you know it's a that was the original gimmick of the show you're taking a group of people who don't live in the wild you're taking them to the wild they have to find their own fucking food uh yeah they have to like build shelter everything sucks for them basically and then on top of that they have to do challenges that are very physically demanding at like multiple times a week um as the show goes on those challenges become less physical over time because they realize that a that's pretty exclusionary to particularly women just because a lot of physical challenges uh demand size and like mass more than anything mm. um so you end up getting challenges that combine the physical and mental especially in the later years you get you know like fun challenges where like there will be like an amount of swimming or like blah 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 but then you get to like some immense stupid fucking puzzle that everyone yeah. has to do a puzzle or stuff that's like truly like we're gonna test how long uh like there's going to be rising water level and you have to see how like long can you stand under this grate and have the fear that you're drowning. Yeah, there. this is. Yeah, it's it's a show that also is very cruel to its contestants. A lot of the time that challenge in particular, I saw it for the first time uh, a few weeks ago and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's like truly there, like something you're, you're torturing. Them. This is torture. <laughs> Um, voluntary however the fulcrum of the show the 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 load-bearing weight of this show is jeff probst and i want to i want to talk about this Mm -hmm. man because i you know i've been solidly in the camp that alex trebek is the greatest television personality of all time r.i.p jeff probst is uh, it's it's apples and oranges because it's a wildly different assignment but he is the best reality show host of all time and it's not even close it's it's truly like he is in another league compared to anyone who has hosted a reality show since 2000 is just trying to beat Jeff Probst yeah. because this man, like you said, they shoot these seasons back to fucking back. He shoots a whole season and he flies to another country equally remote and facilitating the relationships that these people are having so, with each other. Th- well, this is the thing through the lens of a show. So because, yeah. He, especially over the years, Jeff Probst is a producer of the show. Yeah. Um. So he knows everything that's going on, like at camps, even though he's not there. He like he's watching the dailies. He's yeah. getting intel reports from the cameramen that are at camp all day. They come back because he has to interact with these people. Um. And at tribal every single episode. There's a tribal council. Yeah. He picks these people apart. It's, yeah. It is like it's so good. It's like it's a mix of like. It's a mix of like a prosecutor in in a in like a trial uh in a courthouse and a therapist. Like the way that he is 
so incisive with his questions. He's it's like it's like journalism. Mm-hmm. Like he's asking the questions that are a little uncomfortable to ask, but we'll still get an answer. Well, he, and he's asking questions so much, so many times he's asking questions that he already knows the answer to. Yeah, but of he course. wants to hear. He I know. wants to f- like bring that dirty laundry just, out in front of yeah, everybody. Because it's a TV show. I know. Well, the, so the <laughs> thing is, for for us, like I love reality shows because like we can kind of. You know, the more you learn about television production, you can kind of sniff out like how the producers are sort of egging on these idiots to like say shit. You're watching. This is the rare case where you're watching like one of the lead producers of the show on camera. Just he's like a fucking hound dog. (laughs) If he if he sees someone like roll their eyes at something, he'll be like, oh, so Haley, I saw that you uh, you rolled your eyes at that. Like he (laughs) smells blood and he goes after it. He is a fucking genius. He's so, so good at his job. And on top of that, he is collected at all times, no matter what he is. I, I always I've been saying to Nate every time we watch it, it must be a fucking dream to be his editor because you don't have to ADR anything with him. He is saying everything that you would want your host to say in the moment of the show. So many times with a show like The Bachelor or, or something like that with a lesser host, so many of the host's lines are added in post because in the moment they they just don't have the you know the fortuitiveness to to think of the exact right thing to say jeff always says exactly what he's supposed to during challenges he narrates them like as like with the skill level of like the best like color commentator yeah, it's, like, it's a sports commentator yeah. it's like it's like listening to fucking iron exactly. eagle out there he he is doing like seven jobs at once basically and all while uh on an unbelievably rigorous schedule all while having it it's just to to wear that many hats while also being the face of the show i i cannot imagine the difficulty he's, level he's the real survivor Dude, he is genuinely i've never i've never been so impressed with one person while watching like a reality show where i'm like how we like i just there was one episode because hunter is re-watching a season that that me and nate just watched there is an episode where um one contestant just like he borderline is like loses his mind out on this island like he is having a full meltdown and this is like a you know a guy who could physically harm people a lot and it seems like he might it seems like he wants to jeff the way that jeff handles surgically handles the situation is one of the most impressive like 10 minute spans i've ever seen on television it's it's so like it's so far beyond anything that i've been able because it's he is able to on the fly completely audible the show yeah and make it he something that it doesn't get too out of hand because i mean the thing that you have to remember with the show is that it's not like it's not even like a big brother situation where it's like you're isolated and you're all in this house together but at the end of the day like they can bring you food if you need food or something like Mm -hmm. that like at the end of the day, you are on a fucking remote island. Like you are given a cup of rice per day mm-hmm. is the allotted food. Because I've looked up stuff about uh, how to apply to be on Survivor and how much of it is real and everything <laughs> else. Trained. Again, I am a twenty-year-old fan. Like you're a. Tw- I've watched the show for twenty years. Like I have watched the show for so long. I I've done the research. and I've, know um, all that stuff. I've I've thought about this before. I think that out of any of us, I think you would do the best. I think Survivor. I'm good. I think I have a good mix of uh like. I, I think that I could make it to the merge. Let me say that. I would fall apart via lack of sleep and food. I wouldn't, I, be, able, I I wouldn't flat, be able to handle that. I, the thing is, B, I don't ever I, sleep anyways. I can't do anything. So you can you can wear your shoes there. 
You can okay. have your shoes. Well, st- I need yeah. my insoles though. You can. Have well, your yeah, you can wear your insoles. Okay. The thing is that they let you bring one or two personal items. That's why like people with glasses are allowed to bring glasses. Women's are women are allowed to bring like feminine products and stuff like that with them. Like uh, basic kind of things like that that you need. It's you're just allowed to, uh, you're allowed to bring one personal item. So like that's how. Some people known as like like Boston Rob bring their hat with them. Yeah. But like I said, though, a lot of this show depends on the cast. I've watched multiple seasons that I was not very invested in, even though I like the show so much, because if you have a group of duds who even if like if most of them just do not come out to that island to play strategically, they're literally just there to be on Survivor then you're not going to get very interesting gameplay because the real game is not the physical challenges. It's how you work yourself socially. It's social engineering. Um, it's what I like about Big Brother as well, though Big Brother has, I'd, I'd say, a lot more faults than Survivor in terms of presentation and corniness. Um, Survivor is plenty corny as well. These are both CBS properties. CBS doesn't know how to package. It has a lot of great properties and it doesn't know how to put them together. Mm. And so these shows get a bad rap despite being very interesting Um, because uh, you can, there's, there are ways to get in depth with this show. Like the, you know, the community on Reddit on the survivor Reddit is very good at uh, predicting, you know, future winners and just like what will happen via like analyzing the editing of yeah, the, the show edits. who's People getting the edits or yeah like the thing. classic thing is who's getting the hero edit this season like that's a decent way to figure out who's going to win because this show is obsessed with finding arcs in each of these real people who don't necessarily have an actual arc but they they have to find that because that's what you need to be invested you need to find a journey that a character is having even if they're real people so and you need the people there with you to buy into it exactly and so so to dissect that on on that level that's kind of sort of what got me into it is when i found out that there there's a way to be obsessive about the show even if it's dumb but I mean, the thing is that now CBS has gotten smarter and now they have a hero like they almost have like the the th- throw you off hero edit yeah. where there will be somebody who's getting too good of an edit for like the first yeah, five yeah. episodes. And you're like, he's yeah, going. this guy, this guy's going to get blindsided. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he's exactly. he's definitely going to get blindsided. But, but like I said, I think the meat of why I love the show is the social aspect it's, of it. Yes, you're watching you're watching people interact. First of all, people will despite like the corny interview segments where they're like obviously being a little coached up by producers. Most of the time, that's not what it is. They are at their camp talking to people. Uh, And if they're smart, they at all times are trying to interact in a way that gets forwards them in this like little mini society they have. They're trying to play every person they talk to. Um, And that's what makes for like good entertainment is watching people just just flat lie to everybody's face all the time. Like, it is, you know, it's a fucking pleasure to watch that and to watch it pay off. We uh, I don't want to spoil anything at all, but like the first season that. Uh, me and Nate watched it's it's Kagayan I want to recommend this season to anyone even, even if you haven't seen it, the show before it's all new players there's mm-hmm. no uh, re- repeat players it features I would say easily by far the most interesting conniving piece of shit uh, yet entertaining and likable character I've ever seen on any show ever 
It's so like, good. I, it's the it, most compelling it's on, thing it is I've on ever seen. Hulu and Netflix. Yeah. Kageyan specifically. Like if you want to watch a real anti-hero, that that's what you watch. These it's I don't know. I sometimes I become so desensitized to narrative story and like fiction that I just need to watch actual people interacting. And obviously there are barriers. Like people know that they're on camera. Like they're not always acting, you know, out of pure uh instinct. But you like the thrill that you get watching a real human being manipulate their way into a million dollars is <laughs> it's like it, it just like it blew my fucking socks off it, it was yeah. such an experience and then when people at the end vote for the person yeah who was like screwing everybody over exactly but they played the game well, the that's, the thing. that's the thing that switched dramatically in the last like five years or so five yeah. ten years of survivor because there used to be a thing it was known as just a bitter jury which is that i mean you can look back at uh i'll i'll say a name just I won't give a season, but there's a character name or a character. There's a guy named Russell Hance yeah, who yeah. is just manipulated and backstabbed and worked his way to the top to make it to the finals in back to back seasons. He made it to the finals and both times he did not get a single vote because, because he's that aggressively unlike. Yeah. And people were just like, fuck you. I'm not giving you a million dollars. But now in the later seasons, you still can't be Russell level of just pure. Yeah. Like that, man, that but, means a psychopath. But like you can people now respect the game. Exactly. A lot more because that they're just like, OK, I got worked by you. I got fucked over by you. But like, I kind of respect the hustle yeah, you did be, to get here. Exactly. Because it's the rare reality show that's reached like meta narrative uh, status where like the people, the people on it love the show. So they in the moment when they're making moves, they're doing interviews like, oh, my God, like this is like a big deal. Like, like I'm, I can't like if someone did this and I was watching it, I'd be like, holy shit. Like, I, I just you know, want to say it's very fun to watch. I'm so happy that you have gotten <laughs> that you uh, that I and roommate of the pod Nathan have gotten you into Survivor because I was here on Survivor Island last year with winners at war just fucking <laughs> puffing my chest out putting Survivor on my year end list for the best television shows. I know I'm I think I'm one or Not two here. more seasons away from being comfortable watching winners at war because that obviously contains spoilers because you know every person every on that season yeah the whole won. thing is yeah <laughs> so if you see him in an earlier season you're like oh he, they win. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just it's a show that has the amount of depth that you're willing to let it have, I guess, because you can watch it on a very shallow level. But there's more to it, despite the fact that it wants to present itself as if there's not, you know, you have to trust yourself more than you trust the producers sometimes. All right. That's Survivor. <laughs> Let's I'll check it out, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling David, you gotta Listen, get. I've seen Total Drama we Island. All... It's like basically the same. That's thing. true. Is that the animated show? <laughs> yeah, on like Cartoon Network. <laughs> huh. Okay, I could see the parallels. Yeah, it's it's literally the same. Well, yeah, it's, it's like the like same thing, but it's just animated. Well, they so vote on people to get when it. I was a little kid, um, I was only allowed to watch like kids content. We've been over that, but mm -hmm. like uh, me and my sister, had, we had a network called the Discovery Kids Network, mm -hmm. and they had a show called Endurance, and it was literally just Survivor for kids, mm -hmm. and we loved that show. And then we just never watched Survivor. Yep, I, there there it, became a stigma about Survivor because there people were shocked that there's an amount of fiction in the show, mm -hmm. but. Yeah, that they it's push like any kind of narrative. But like the thing is, like if you just watch people just existing and you don't 
put anything in there then it's just fucking boring well, it's not it's a television just, show it's silliness it's like anything it's like nathan for you like if if you think that it's just 100 pure reality like you're a stupid person i'm sorry like what a dumb thing to think about a show with millions of viewers but you have to find narratives the thing is with survivor that they get that they do well is that they usually it's more so that they have to like create their own narratives to put into the show in the beginning of the season because by day like 30 people are so sleep deprived and so hungry all the time that they're all kind of going a little bit insane like that's the thing like you watch certain things later on you were talking about how they get more mental challenges like if you're just like watching at home you're like that's such an easy fucking puzzle but you have to remember like these people get like two three hours of sleep for the last sleeping, month and they have sunburn and bug bites and they're dehydrated <laughs> yeah, like it's that's insane. what yeah a lot of the time there will be someone that comes in really hot and you're like wow this is going to be a power player and then after a week they're just like way thinner and they're not in the game like, by the way endurance is not available to watch anywhere can't find it <laughs> damn if so if you have uh, if you popped in your vhs tape and you recorded it off of your TV. Send it to me. Yeah. Was did TiVo <laughs> exist back then? If you still have your TiVo hard drive, <laughs> mm-hmm. send me your whole TiVo unit. <laughs> All right. So before we get to our review of the Green Knight, I have a quick shout out for my ketchup. I watched both seasons of For All Mankind on Apple TV Plus. Um, what, what inhaled this show. So, okay, so there's been this running bit on the show on We Bought a Mic where I don't know how to sign up for Apple TV Plus (laughs) because I don't own an iPhone. So you can't, I didn't know how to access the app. If there was no way, I was like, how do I watch the show? How do I watch the Ted Lasso show? (laughs) But then a couple months ago, I finally bought a MacBook and then I realized that through my Google TV, uh, Chromecast, I can download the Apple TV app <laughs> nice. onto it. Who would have thought that it was just an app like Hulu or Netflix? I can't get it on my on my <laughs> Samsung Note. Wait, you can't? There's no Apple app? No. Oh my god, so I actually didn't know that was a, that's only on Apple phones. Yeah, I kept I kept iPhone. trying. I kept I kept uh <laughs> I, I tried the, the Apple emoji. That's a bad, honestly, bad job by Apple. Like you're excluding like 40% of people who have phones. I was like, Mr. Tim Cook, I want to give you my money. (laughs) I couldn't figure it out. I figured it out. And I watched Ted Lasso, which we'll probably talk about next week. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just starting its second season. Um, But I blew through the first season of Ted Lasso and I was like, okay, let me see what else is on here. And I found this show for all mankind, which I had actually checked out the first few minutes of the first episode back when Apple TV plus first launched mm-hmm. uh, and they gave everybody like a free week. Um, and I tapped out after watching like the first 10 minutes of the first episode because I was just like, you know what? I'm not into this. I don't want to give this my time. Fuck it. I'm out. And then fast forward a couple of years, season two comes out and everybody's talking about how this is like a must watch show. And I was like, really? That space show, the moon show? So this show takes place in an alternate reality in which the Soviets landed on the moon before the Americans. They landed first. 
And so the first episode just kind of shows you this event and it shows you the flip side of like in our reality, what was this extremely joyous event of like, yeah, Neil Armstrong on the moon. Fucking America. Yeah. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hell yeah, baby. And in the reality of this, of this show, everybody's watching the TV with anger and sadness because it's a Russian and whatever they're saying, whatever the first words on the moon are, they don't understand it because it's in <laughs> Russian. So what did Yuri say when he, I'm going to look this up. You continue. <laughs> so, so I, I dismissed this show when it first came out and now returned to it, knowing that there was this promise of a season two that everybody was saying was incredible. And holy shit, guys, it's fucking incredible. <laughs> Let me spoil one tiny little thing about season two. Guns on the moon. That's Space all I'll say. Space Force. That's all I'll say. Guns, Guns on, on the, the moon. moon. Because what this show starts to do, and it does it in season one, as soon as you give it like three episodes, it starts to do the thing that uh, dear dear show of the podcast halt and catch fire did which halt and catch fire reinvented itself every season it, it was a different show from season one to two to three to four it always found some way to remix its story the focus of its characters everything for all mankind does that every like three episodes or so not to the same degree that halt did but pretty much it, it, it changes it changes the the characters that you're focusing on and it does the same kind of uh leaps in time that mm. halt does mm. so you start out with this idea of like russians landed on the moon first and then it just fucking takes off from there and it keeps building upon that idea and giving you more and more kind of wildly different things from the timeline in which we live in and yet there's still certain things that happen in this reality that happen in our reality so like ronald reagan is still becomes president in the <laughs> 80s so there's still like little things it's like that inevitable exactly <laughs> every timeline ronald yeah. reagan becomes president <laughs> but but there's little tweaks here and there like i'll, I'll spoil a, a another small thing um the russians land a woman on the moon so oh. then it becomes because the cold war is heating up it becomes this 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 uh, competition, mm -hmm. you know. We got to beat the Russians. They beat us to the moon. Then they beat us with the first woman on the moon. So then the space race becomes intertwined with the Cold War, and it just builds and builds from there. And you know, despite what I'm selling here about this concept, it's the characters that really sell this show. I was, we'll see. That was literally what I was about to ask is how entrenched is this in the ideas and how much does it focus on character? You end up caring so much about these people, the people, the astronauts and the people in mission control, the actors, they do a phenomenal job. The writing is all great. Like you end up really, really caring about these people and their journeys. Okay. So that was what I was going to ask was, does it just focus on the space? race stuff is that like the central angle of the show 
Or does yeah. it go around to different? Okay. No, no, no. So, so that, and then the other part two question, do we have space pirates circa Ad Astra? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet, season three. But season three. Can we can we maybe. get my guy in there to come in there? I mean, there make some space pirates. There are some things that happen towards the end of season two that are on that similar wavelength. Like things, the conflict between the United States and the Soviet Union heats up so much to a degree that is it's not it's not space pirates, but in terms of like getting thrills and action mm. in a lunar setting we're Got getting some james it, gray we're getting it. This is, okay i'm into that i'm into that wait so how how far across time are we going because you mentioned that reagan becomes president right so so i don't want to give up too yeah, I know, much I know. away but mm. essentially what starts to happen um is uh, maybe around halfway through season one we skip like two or three years into the future and then season two is set like nine years after season one. Yeah. So season one is essentially the seventies and then season two is essentially the eighties okay. is what's happening here. So we're skipping okay. Nixon. No, Nixon is, is pres in. Oh in yeah. Cause one. your initial skip was already. Yeah. Cause, so, cause uh, JFK died like, yeah. not long after. That. Yeah. Jimmy Carter, not president in this timeline. Damn. Sorry guys. Jimmy. Fuck. What about yeah. those peanuts? Sorry. You, um, the space race. We got to keep it. Can't, can't. You know, it kind of makes Carter sense. <laughs> if the space race is still happening, cold war still thriving. Jimmy, Jimmy Carter, Carter just goes full time. Habitat for humanity. Person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just staying in Georgia, just hanging just out, building houses until age one hundred and ninety. I, oh man, you know what? I, I, I need to watch this show. I have an Apple Plus membership because I bought a new iPhone, uh, so I got a year of Apple Plus, and then because of having a PlayStation Five. Apple was like, here's another six months there to just go. tack on to it. Yeah. So the only Apple show I've watched is Ted Lasso. That's the Great only show. Apple content that I have ever consumed. So I'll, I'll, I'll so, for all so listeners, if you're like me and you dismiss for all mankind, when you first uh, fired it up, give it at least to episode three, give it at least to that. And if by then you're not invested, then maybe it's not for you. Cause I, I tapped out immediately, you know, and that wasn't fair. I didn't even give it the full first episode originally. And I I was like, you know, what the hell? Let's let's give it a little bit more. And I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked. I love these characters. I love the journey that it took me on. It broke my heart in multiple points. Damn. And it just it rips, man. It's my little moon show. It's for all <laughs> mankind. I miss okay. it. I can't wait for my little baby moon chill. <laughs> I can't wait for season three. No, I'm um I'm in on this. Honestly, it's almost like a cheat code, but at least to me, alternate history yeah. shows or movies or content books are just endlessly interesting. Well, you were like the champion of the Benioff and Weiss show about what if the Confederacy <laughs> won the Civil War. I knew you were gonna say some <laughs> bullshit. The way you, you were out show. here. The 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 coolest thing about this show though is how it's still sprinkles in events from our timeline when it's like huh so that still happened it's just <laughs> i i feel like damn, so driving miss daisy still won the oscar huh i, I yeah Man. i see i say it's a cheat code because you can do shit like that and it like it does trigger like the the recognizing things endorphins part of your brain which is like which is a little cheap but like 
I don't know. It's also, it's just, I like mixing nonfiction and fiction and like something like a biopic is too constraining. Like you, if you really have to stick to the person's life, you don't get to be silly. And it's not that it's silly, but it's like you get to make decisions like about no, genuinely what it like guns on. That's yeah. That's what I'm saying. You get to go far with it. And it, and it does. I like following sort of the chain of logic in that stuff. I know. I don't think any of us have checked out the man in high castle. I I saw season one. What'd you think? I liked it, but then the way it ended, I was like, I don't know if I need to keep watching. See, it was, it was generally liked, but it, uh, at least like from critics, it didn't quite get like where you would want it to, which is also the danger with these things because like, uh, introducing an alternate history really opens up so many doorways that like choosing which ones to follow are tough. Doorways? (laughs) Doorways? Doorways? <laughs> All right. Follow well, honestly, Dav on Twitter for, <laughs> for more info about doorways. That was Thanks that was where the doorways. Trying to trying to plug your shit yeah, in the middle you. of the. That was a chunkier ketchup than I was hoping for. This is this, this is, this is why episode. we don't do this ketchup all the time. Listen, I kept you it really just, light, guys. So Ernest, fuck do you, you. I, was, no, I was hoping we all would. I, I, I'm <laughs> you sorry. You know that's hard. I, I knew I was going to start. So I shouldn't have brought up Space Jam. I should have <laughs> known. Let's just go ahead and let's just do a closing here. Let's just make make this its own thing. I we'll think we should. Okay. I don't want to have a two and a half hour episode where people have to and guess take an what? hour to get to us to talk about. Now it seems like we're doing double the work okay if we put out two episodes all right well i guess sorry for the confusing intro to this episode i know we'll just redo an intro we'll just yo it's we'll been an it. absolute honor being on this podcast as well. <laughs> that's what you were gonna say at the end of the green knight episode thanks for having me again um i'll see you guys uh next week yep yeah <laughs> So at the end of the next episode, you were going to try to be a permanent guest. (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. Dave's going to take a shot. (laughs) I guess we'll wrap it up here for this wild and crazy catch up episode. I told you we were rusty. I told you we were rusty. So this is, but this is exactly what happens with every catch up episode we do. This is why they are hard to record because it becomes a series of monologues. About this something is, that we're passionate here's about. Here's the thing is that this is like ketchup is really like my fiance's favorite thing that we do on the podcast. Cause then that means that I won't talk at her for 45 minutes about mm-hmm. something that I watched. Like yeah. it just gives no, her Lee, Lee that little bit of a break. Glazes over every time. Oh, I, I can I can tell at a certain point when I say something and like I can just see <laughs> see Gaia's eyes just kind of like sink back a little bit yeah. inside oh, of her. And yeah. she's like and thinking moment, back like that moment happens. I could kill myself. <laughs> that moment happens where it's like, I could keep talking right now. Yeah. Knowing that you don't care. Nothing is being received. Like, or I like, could just shut up. And it's like, should I just like talk at a wall? Is that yeah. a better use? Should of I just time? like text a paragraph to the boys? <laughs> and that's usually what we end up doing. And that's why we have a group chat so that we can just send messages to the chat. Yeah. And they can just kind of exist in the ether, even if they aren't acknowledged. Hey, so you, you heard that audience one for you, one for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, well, and it's important. Um, I probably won't edit all of those references to the Green Knight out of this episode. So, yeah. You probably they already were, listened to it. Exactly. So I hope that you like the Green Knight. Exactly. You probably already listened to it. So they were they were not references to what was coming. They were callbacks 
to what you already heard. So I mean, you're welcome. You know, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight is a story that's been retold hundreds, if not thousands of times at this point. If anyway, if anything, we're kind of recreating that by mm-hmm. referencing and not referencing and also just yeah, by being like three men who are hosting a podcast, that story's been told a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Didn't stop us. At four. We're sort of the yeah, David there's, there's Lowry of, of podcasting. You know? Thank you for listening. And that Thanks. we like linger and a lot of people find us pretentious and a bit annoying. Yeah, a lot of people are like, that's a bit too much. They're like, you're either you're you're just like you're too boring to be pretentious, but you're too pretentious to be boring. Thanks and, and by <laughs> tuning in. Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and donate. Thank you to all the beautiful donors for donating. Check out our website, webottomike.net. Check out Hunter's new piece on The Green Knight if you haven't read it already. Ew. And we'll be back next week with more ketchup for you. Follow us at WeBottomMike on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.